Welcome back to Sports Therapy, episode number 13. Today we did something a little out of the norm and brought on our first guest, fellow YouTuber, Urinating Tree. If you haven't heard of him, just know, dude is probably going to be on the YouTube football Mount Rushmore at the end of the day. His channel is one that's incredibly unique and incredibly successful. Me and KTO have actually met up with Tree along with fellow YouTuber Five Points on several occasions at different little events. So this isn't the first time we've met. Also, I know myself and KTO have been featured on their podcast, The Dumpster Fire, on a couple of different occasions. Anyway, today's video is more of an interview to learn about Tree's YouTube journey and to get his thoughts on the current landscape of the NFL and college football. Also, I want to apologize for there not being a show last week. That was completely on me. I've honestly got a lot going on right now in my life. Nothing bad, just a lot of stuff. And that's the reason there wasn't a show last week and why I haven't been on social media or uploaded to my regular channel. I'll go into more detail about it on next week's show, so make sure you guys tune in for that. But now that we got that out the way, it's time to jump in to episode 13. No, so, you know, we have this community on YouTube, these football YouTubers. And this is our first feature, our first interview, if you can call it that. Um, his name is Urinating Tree, and he calls himself Schlosser. I don't know if that's his first or last name or It's a just a general nickname. It's nothing okay. like, it's not related to anything I do. Okay, so Schlosser. But just I Tree. I think I'm saying that right. Tree works. Or yeah, Tree, Schlosser yeah. Tree, yeah. Which is a funny name. Urinating tree is a funny name. Yeah. It doesn't even have this amazing backstory. It's literally just a name I thought up on Xbox Live when I was 15. I knew it was an Xbox Live name. I knew it was an Xbox Live name. It's just literally, it's just like, you know, it'd be a funny name, urinating tree. And I just ran with it. It's like (laughs) trying to be an edgelord when you're 15. That's literally all it is. Yeah. (laughs) And so you've got over 422,000 subscribers. I know. Mm. I mean, on your YouTube channel. I did not imagine that four years ago. It's just 142 a, million views on your channel. That, that's mind boggling to me. Like 142 million people watch my shit. Jesus. Like I'll, I'll look <laughs> at the social blade stuff. It's like, no, there's no way this is real. Yeah. You it doesn't. Killing it's weird. The game too. Oh, keep, keep and, going with your intro. I'm gonna... Yeah. Yeah. My great intro. And then, so you have a <laughs> weekly show that, with uh, five points, the dumpster fire yeah. that you've been doing for, I don't I know, think almost a couple two years. years. At least. Yeah. And then I think, your most like the heavy most heavily anticipated show out of all of us is this week in sports yeah, ball, sports ball yeah. show. your weekly show during the nfl season where you go over you recap the nfl week almost in like a uh you put like the nfl music behind yeah, it and do like that the prime time style and mm-hmm. you it's just killer i mean yeah. it's there's a reason why it's probably the most hyped up show. Like the views you get to start, like the first few hours are insane. It's like the base is just like, at least has a good floor. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, It's incredible. Sure. So with that being said, I did want to ask you, cause I know we've talked about this briefly when we've met up, but you were kind of inspired by video games to kind of start your channel. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how you got going with like YouTube in general. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to hear your roots as to like how you got started with, how I really got started in movie making was um, there was a game in, I think, around 2005. It was called The Movies by Lionhead Studios. It was mm-hmm. a game where you would just make your own movies. It had its own pre-rated scenes. You would just make your own. You can add voiceovers and fancy stuff to it. Yeah, I thought it was like really cool. It's like, you know what? It's a random creative release. I mean, it was really bad. I mean, you could probably find a couple of them out there if you look hard enough. But for the most part, it was just like me, I think, like as a teenager, just going is like it, crazy. 
Is it called Half-Ass Cinema or something? No, no, that's something Is different. That's, that's something okay. different. Um, but, like, that was how I first really got my, like, feet wet, per se. And the editor on that program was terrible. <laughs> like, it was worse than Windows Movie Maker. When was but that? You, it was like a... It, it was like an own editor, like for whatever reason, like they had their own editor into it. And like, so you came into it from like a filmmaking standpoint. No, it was like a video game. It was, um, it was a video game that was released, I think about 15 years ago. That is so insane. that's why I like kind of like blended into that. And then yeah. this was before I, I knew about YouTube. Mm. That was right around, you're saying 2005 ish, 2005, 2006. Yeah, so that's right when YouTube was just about to get yeah, going. Yeah, it was like it's in, in its infancy. Yeah. So how long how long were you making content on there before like you a couple jumped months. on YouTube? It was it wasn't anything just crazy. for fun. Yeah. Okay. It it yeah. wasn't like I wasn't thinking of making it as a career. It was just like a hobby of mine. What what then inspired your kind of YouTube start? Well, I remember like when I was um, I first found out about YouTube. This was like late two thousand six. I was a, th- a freshman in college. So I was just like, okay, I wanted to kind of get into uh, TV broadcasting. I remember mm. like being like a um, anchor on like the morning announcements. And I thought like, you know, this would be really cool as a career. So I, I decided to try and chase the dream. I don't know how well that worked out, but um, I mainly remember uh, looking up this uh, guy who recently had started out. His name was the Angry Video Game Nerd or Angry yeah. Nintendo Nerd as he was yeah, at the yeah. time. Like he's been around for a very long time. Yeah. And I thought, like, you know what? You know, it'd be a fun creative release just, like, uh, randomly doing stuff on old Sega Genesis games I used to play. So there was a, um, it was, like, 0607, and this was, like, something I just did for fun. I think I got, like, a like a thousand, like a couple hundred or a couple thousand, nothing too crazy. But um, it was just, like, a little hobby of mine. I, um yeah. So, like, it did not age well. So I would not recommend looking that up. <laughs> so I make it way over the top, and it just, it, it's not good. Like, the vocal quality's bad. The audio quality's <laughs> bad. It's like, I'm like, I'm just sitting there watching in the background. It's like, Jesus Christ. I thought this was worthy of release. What the fuck? Well, but, you um, know what? Sorry, I've, I was just going to say what I've really always liked about your content is like it feels like you're willing to try things. Oh, yeah. Because you, you like to be funny. You like to just say things. And so that's kind of your style. So I think the key like with experimentation is like some of my most successful stuff has come from experimentation. Mm. Uh, the haters guides uh, was my first real experiment, per se. The, fo- the, the sports stuff in general was an experimentation. Sweet, this week in sports ball, I considered it as an experimentation. I didn't think I'd be doing it every week. This was like 2017. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just do like once every week, see how it goes? And it sometimes the craziest stuff happens. Like stuff flops. Like that's standard in experimentation. Yeah. Yeah. But it it, it keeps stuff fresh, and it also it, it, it makes things different for me as a, like an editor or something like that. Because so I'm not making the same thing every week. Mm-hmm. Because that just gets really just mind numbing after a while. Yeah. Hey, so when you started out, like I can see based on what you already said, you really wasn't, you started out as a hobby, right? So you wasn't taking it like super seriously, like as far as like a career. But now that it's popping away, it's popping and you've been doing it for so long. Like, do you think about like the future of urinary entry? 
I would feel like more or less I use it as more I've always been trying to take it like one day at a time. Just mm-hmm. go where the wind flows. Yeah. That's how I've always been. That's I mean, probably this a year's peaceful been really, way to look at it. Yeah. This <laughs> yeah. year's been really weird, especially. For sure. I mean, you had that huge dip in March through June, July, and mm. you were sitting there thinking like, okay, am I even going to make it through this? Hmm. Because, I mean, well, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but, but SeatGeek was one of my major sponsors. Yeah. Guess what happened? Like, nobody's going to live sports, so it's a shame they were a good sponsor. Yeah, you know, SeatGeek was solid, man. It was A1. Yeah. One of the things I've always noticed about your content is you play the NFL clips almost exclusively without any sort of, like, you're not fabricating it at all. So you're probably getting a lot of your videos claimed. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing almost all of them. NFL usually gets claimed. Uh, NFL gets claimed. MLB usually kind of claims half and half. NHL claims. NBA really doesn't claim. It mostly depends on the footage I use. But most Mm. of the time, especially with sports ball, immediately claimed by the leagues. I want to explain this for the audience. So what we do is is weird because there's no real – it's kind of a gray area where if you watch before an NFL game, it says like, don't use our content, you know, it's strictly prohibited, but we're using it and making content with it. It's this like fair use thing that I I think all of us sort of understand, but at the same time, it's like, why do some of these get claimed? Why do some not, not entirely sure, but we make this content. And a lot of the times we make nothing off of it, even if Mm -hmm. it gets millions of views and could, get like tens of thousands of dollars for whoever gets the money, usually the NFL. That's why that's just kind of the game we play. Yeah. I mean, people bitch about the sponsors, but that's the only way people want to survive. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, people really don't get the sponsorship thing because I mean, I get like, it can be an annoyance in a video, but it's silly because it's like, you can skip past it Oh yeah. or it's, it's not like, it's just an ad, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, like I did like, um, I was into like um, college advertising and radio, like uh, radio ads. So that's kind of like how I kind of did my stuff too. Yeah. So. Yeah, you do good on It kind of reminds ads. me of that. Mm. So. Oh, uh, I did want to go back to you. Kind of built up. I looked at your channel, and the oldest video on on urinating tree on the channel is ten years ago. Yeah. And it's good like a God. Superman. Yeah, those are like old re-uploads, technically. So, like, I mainly did it as, like, oh, I'll re-upload some old stuff that's not on YouTube. How long have you been doing this? Shit, like, 06. Good But, like, I've been on and off. Like, I I took, like, years off. Like, I did not expect to come back I don't care, man. You you are OG. He's the OG. OG. Yeah, real I remember when YouTube was literally the Wild West. Yeah. How was that? You had, like, you know, vloggers as, like, the head, you know, like, Mm. Um, Boheme and um, I don't even know who Benetto, that is. I think his name was uh, Lonely Girl Eighteen was the top I, sub. I've heard that YouTuber. Name. I've heard that name before. Yes, that is a very <laughs> old name. Like she was like the big thing on YouTube. Lonely Girl. Now it's um, T Series. I think it is out of India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's corporate. I'm somewhat familiar with T Series, mm-hmm. and everybody know PewDiePie. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. And so then your content sort of evolved because by like 2016 ish, I think is y- your sports stuff yeah. popped off. And mm. I think it's, it's coincidentally a Browns video was oh, your yeah. first video <laughs> that popped off. Oh, nice. And <laughs> did that when that happened, because your views were probably like in the five to 10,000 range, if that, or you know, and then all of a sudden this video hits and it goes kind of 
viral, if you want to call it that. What, what was going through your head at that time? <clears throat> well, actually, what happened was um, the Browns video didn't get much traction. Like the first mm. video that really got traction for me was the haters guide to the uh, 2017 NFL playoffs. And by that point, I was expecting, like, I, I didn't do it for views. I was just like, maybe get, like, a couple hundred. But, like, I was expecting maybe four or five, six hundred views on it. Maybe get a couple people saying I sucked. Like, that's the experimentation <laughs> part. Yeah. The yeah. one part thing I remember, like, waking up one morning, I think I had about 550 to 650 subscribers. Then I wake up the next morning, look at my numbers. I have 100 more subscribers than I did the night before. I'm sitting there like... What just happened? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what the hell? And then I'm looking at the numbers. I think like I got like uh, 10, 15, 20,000 views, which is completely abnormal for what I had. Like, because mm. like the Browns video at the time, like I just did is like, I thought it would be a one-off. But um, I remember thinking, okay, it's probably just a fluke. So I did a haters guide to the Super Bowl and it literally just like, pfft, went even greater. I think it was like 50 to 60,000. And this is when like, you know, the sports community was pretty much in its infancy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, maybe there's something here. I have to keep digging. And that's why I chose to pivot the sports. Yeah. Man, that's dope. It's crazy that, that, that 2016 rise. Cause I remember that's when I started my uh, content on this channel on KTO. And I had a couple of videos sort of starting to pop off out of nowhere, right around the start of the playoffs of that mm -hmm. year. And I remember seeing your videos and they're recommended at the same time. So that was right around the same time. Like we kind yeah. of, both of mm -hmm. us popped off in that sports realm, if you will. And that's the thing. Like it wasn't even like deliberate. It was all accidental. It's yeah. just like, wait, whoa. Okay. So then I have, a, I have this question cause I was curious. So how did you get into like your interest in sports? And like just overall, I remember like being a fan of it when I was a kid. Um, main thing was I'm trying to think when the first time I really fell in love with like sports, I'd say it was probably like the old video games of the early nineties. Like I remember, um, I think it was a cousin or a, um, I think, um, like a relative, like he had this old Sega Genesis and he would have, you know, NHL 93, Madden 93, uh, one of the old NBA games, I think it was like um, Bulls Lakers or Bull, sorry, Bulls Lakers, I think it was, mm. or Bulls Blazers, sorry. Mm. Um, but um, they, those games, I'd be like, wow, it's really nice. Like, you know, Madden 93, you have the old school, like, sound effect. NHL 93, I was really a fan of. It was like really fluid. It was fun to play. And I'm like, wow, I really love it. And then you just go into sports. You watch it on TV, and then, you know, being from Pittsburgh, it's like, oh, let's root for the local teams. Yeah. So, you know, Steelers, Penguins, Pirates. Did you play any sports, bro? I did, but I sucked. So, <laughs> I mean, I was what, I was lazy. What was kid, the highest so. level of sports you played, though? Probably you high school, but I was a bench warmer. I played football my sophomore year, but, like, I, I was nowhere near ready for it. Position? So, uh, center. Play center? Okay. Yeah. Is that what is that a pouncy jersey you're wearing? Uh, no, it's actually just a plain jersey. But I do have oh, a Marquise Pouncy. But I do have a Marquise Pouncy just, jersey. I don't know why I didn't say yeah. that. Yeah, I do have a Marquise Pouncy jersey though. Uh, also, I find it interesting that both of y'all, because I remember talking to you early on KTO, yeah. and I watched the Angry Video Game Nerd, but it wasn't yeah. like a, it wasn't like an inspiration for me. You feel me? But I know both of y'all said that same thing, and I could tell. Like when y'all say that, 
I could tell because like the way y'all edit, you know what I'm saying? And like the music and the sound and everything that goes into it, like y'all might not look at it like y'all coming at it from more of a filmmaking like point of view, but to me, when I look at it, that's what I'm seeing. Like the little nuggets and the little details in y'all's videos and the way y'all steer them, I think it's dope as hell, bro. But like, I think that's the, that's the way y'all approach it. And I think people that come from the school of Angry Video Game Nerd tend to do that a little bit more. And it's just a cool little nugget, man. It's a cool little thing that you could kind of pick out, like especially now that I know that. So that's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He made a video of a few years back where he detailed how he made his videos and the yeah. process that went into it. And I was, it was the most inspiring thing for my channel because it was just so detailed. And oh, so nice. just about like making the product as perfect as possible. And so that's the only way that I knew how to approach making my videos. Yeah. So I guess I want to turn it over to Tree. How do you approach when you're making your content? Like what's the process look like? My process is mostly, I like to treat it as an onion, use as layers. I mean, you start out and like, do one section, try and perfect it as much as you can, go on to another. So usually the first thing would probably be a concept. Second would be just write everything out if I can. So it'll probably take like maybe a couple hours to a couple days, depending on, you know, how, how deep I want to go into it. Mm -hmm. And then after that, vocals. So you probably have to do that, cut it down, save it, render it. Mm -hmm. And then you'd probably go into like hunting or gathering footage. I like to call it hunting because, I mean... It's a different animal in certain aspects. Yeah. Then you get to the editing. I feel like I do that in different tiers too. So my first aspect would be probably like the base editing, you know, the um, general video in the background. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the most boring part of it because <sighs> you have to just gather every single piece of it, yeah. organize it. And it's not hard. It's just time consuming. Yeah. And that's the annoying part. Yeah. Like that's the thing with editing. It's like, once you get past the finishing product, everything's fine. It's just like, everything that gears up through it it's just ugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah not the no, most I'm fun with you thing in that, the world you have sure. to have something to distract you with it the second part of the edit though is pretty damn fun mm -hmm. huh yeah the like, bells and whistles yeah Boy, yeah you get to like um i usually do like you know the newspaper clippings any sort of text mm -hmm. um, like any general like special effects or anything like that i add that is the second part and then your final piece would be bed music bed yeah. And then you have your completed product. That's interesting. Boom. Boom. So, I, yeah, I treat it like, you know, like try layers. Yeah. I would say. Pretty much. I do my pretty much the same way. Mm -hmm. um, not exactly the same layers, but I definitely approach it that way. I break it down. Yeah. I'm going to do layer one and two today. I'll do layer three and four tomorrow. Like in an ideal situation, mm -hmm. you know, other than a situation where you got to get it out that same day. But. Generally you have to treat, speaking, break treat it, it piece by piece, yeah. or otherwise you're just going to be overwhelmed by it. Best, best way to eat an elephant, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Piece yep. by piece. Yes, sir. How long does it take you to usually edit? Or like, if you're starting a video, imagine today you're like, okay, here's my week 13 in sports ball. How long does that process take? It varies. Um, I'd say like sports ball, it usually takes me a couple days. But I know like um, I did most of my writing yesterday on it. So today I'll probably do vocals. Um, and then I'll probably finish up like with just some base editing Tuesday. I usually finish up base editing and then get into, you know, the bells and whistles. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. You're good. But like, I usually finish up by Wednesday afternoon. But I mean, in this situation, sometimes it takes a little lighter because, you know, last Damn. week with the Steelers Ravens, 
you know, Tuesday night football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I did think it was interesting. You're a pretty diehard pro sports fan. It seems like, yeah. but do you not have any interest in college football or I do a any- little bit of college. Um, most of what's college is, you know, Pitt and Pitt is, um, it's pain. <laughs> Pitt is pain. Yes, yeah. Pitt is Pitt pain. Is, uh, they, they call it, um, pitting for a reason. It's, um, Every time you think they are going to go up to the next echelon, they somehow choke it away or blow it in spectacular fashion. Every time. <laughs> a bunch of people were saying earlier, like, they should have been ranked higher in the top 25. They get smacked by, I think it was Georgia Tech or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What and do you think? It was like three or four. So has Pitt ever been, like, relevant in the top 10 even? Like, I, I don't know anything about Pitt. In terms of pit basketball, they have been, but every time they've usually choked. Like they were, have been a number one seed. They made it to the Elite Eight once, and they lost mm-hmm. in a buzzer beater to Villanova. I think it was in 09. And so, then they fell apart. Pit football, no. Mostly been stuck in mediocrity for about 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough because I, I grew up in a college town with no pro sports team. So I was much more diehard college uh, growing up. But you grew up in a pro sports town where mm-hmm. the college team wasn't that good. So do you think that had an effect on you? Like, do you think you'd be a bigger college football fan if you grew up in that college town vibe? Or no? I don't know. Maybe. I know a lot of people around here are fans of Penn State. So mm. there's a little bit of that here, too. So there is a college influence, but it's not like a major college influence, I would say. Where did you go to school? Um, I went to a smaller school called uh, Point Park. So, and they didn't have like okay. a college football team. Yeah. And they were like D3. So there was like no athletic influence whatsoever there. Gotcha. Man, I want to know this. What is, like, first and foremost, like, how you living, bro? Like, you taking care of yourself over there, man? Like, are yeah, you Yeah, I'm trying to. I mean, pandemic threw a lot of shit out of whack, but. Yeah. Like, what's I, I try a- to keep myself, like, physically active at least. You stand okay. Like what's a what's a typical day in a life kind of look like? You know what I'm saying? My typical day mostly involves um I say I, I have a messed up sleep schedule because I've spent like eight years in the restaurant industry and it threw my circadian rhythm out of whack. Never really like kinda got out of it. So I'll wake up at like maybe eleven. I won't go to bed till like three AM. I'm a night owl. So like I won't yeah. work out till like ten PM, eleven PM and I'll do most of my work like at one, two a.m. in the morning. Oh yeah, like, I mean I'm it's probably like it's probably good like because I like it's better when you do the work. I think in the morning, like I mean, I'm usually getting up early to do it, but like yeah. when you do that, when you working when everybody's sleep, I don't know, man. It's something about that you're un- mm-hmm. you're not being disturbed. Phone ain't ringing. Oh, you feel yeah. me? Hey, that's the same thing as working at night though. Because oh, yeah, that's if, what I'm saying. Asleep. That's oh, what I'm saying. That in the morning. No, no, I'm saying regardless, when you working, yeah. when everybody else not working and everybody else is like down for the count and you up, that's like the best time to get work done. So mm-hmm. I, I respect it. How yeah. much does that uh, play in affecting like your mental game? Like how much do you care about the views and does it affect you? Like what people say? I feel like the best part of it is when I went from waiting tables like full time to doing this, leaving the restaurant industry. Uh, my main thinking was, okay, this is a huge risk, but I look at the type of stuff you're dealing with. You deal with a bunch of bullshit out of your control. Mm. You deal with assholes. Mm. You deal with um, not dealing with the same thing every single day. It's completely mm. unpredictable. Mm. And 
you don't know how much like you're going to make in a given day. I mean, they're the same risks yeah. in terms of what you do in the restaurant industry. That's so funny. <laughs> and the thing with like views and subscribers, the algorithm, my main goal is I want to create a quality product. And I feel like those things are secondary in terms to the stuff I'm putting out. Because if I focus more on, you know, money, views, subs, I feel like people are going to notice that. Mm. And like if you folk, like try to become a slave to the algorithm and the numbers and the views, you're going to go insane. Yeah. I know a lot of people do, unfortunately. Because, edge of like, yeah. And it gets like rough because like, okay, how do I want to get more views? That shouldn't be the question you ask yourself because... I feel like people want to see quality. They don't want to see something that comes out of a content mill or, you know, something inauthentic. People want authenticity. That's what I feel like, at least. I've always thought that your content, that, that's exactly what I get from your content. You've uploaded things like, I think recently you uploaded a, it was like the Fall Guys, the, the, yeah. the game. You just uploaded a random game and in like any other circumstance, no people wouldn't do that because they'd be too scared to to hurt their views or their main thing. And you still do it, and it still did good view, like pretty yeah. solid views wise compared to others. So. It did okay. I mean, most of the thing is I was just interested in like doing it. I might do it again, but at the same time, I feel like that works best as a novelty. Yeah, mix it up. Do you think that's yeah. one of your better skill sets? Is kind of like you're not afraid to just do whatever, just do whatever you're I thinking about. It. Maybe like the way I see it, it's, it's mainly like I'm privy to like trying to worry about, as I said, numbers, views, anything like that. If I want to upload something, I'll upload it. I mean, obviously, hopefully nothing heinous, but at the same time, like what I want to do is just like, like try and evolve, I feel like. Because the thing with YouTube is I'm not com I don't feel like I'm competing with like any other user or viewer or anything like that. I'm competing with myself. And you're trying to like, okay, how do I take this to the next level? How do I go further? How do I push farther? How do I increase my scale? Those are the questions I feel like I ask myself more often than not in terms of what I do. So in terms of like making risks, experimentation, I feel like that's the sort of like thinking that I get into it at least. I have a question for you. Um, yeah. With leaving the restaurant industry, do you spend a lot more time in isolation, kind of like on your own working oh, by yeah. yourself? Mm -hmm. It's a very lonely experience, especially with like the th stuff we do. Yeah. Do you and, feel like that's um, taken a toll? Uh, not really. Um, most of the time, like I try like – like with exercise, at least it allows me to get like sort of like disconnected from everything. Yeah. Because like with a YouTube, you don't really leave it. Like you don't like with a restaurant, you're able to leave and yeah, you clock yeah, out. Clock out with this something like this. It's something you can't really clock out of. If it makes right. sense. Can't turn it. No, it makes a hundred percent sense. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't turn it off. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I mean, especially with this year, I think I may have made the right decision because I mean, with stuff that's happened in the restaurant industry, like I'd be screwed if I were just yep. solely restaurant industry. 
Yeah, you're safer yeah. doing what you're doing now. Oh, yeah. I mean. That is insane to think. Oh, yeah. It's insane to think. You never would have thought that when you oh, left no, no, no. the restaurant industry. You never in a million years would have thought this would be the safer thing. Oh, of course do. not. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I mean, bro. internet has huge <laughs> risks. Like, I could lose I, yeah. most of what I do in a heartbeat just because, like, oh, YouTube doesn't like my stuff. Boom, banned. Yeah, yeah. Or some dude that doesn't like what you've done. Like, um, I remember I was telling five points the other, and, and you. Like, I had um, two copyright strikes on my channel earlier this mm -hmm. year, like in January. And it was like, I was like this close to just, yep. you know what I'm saying? To just ceasing to exist. <laughs> just because some dude was mad. Yep. Like, and literally, that's, that's what it was. And it was almost Pretty much. just like yeah. that. The internet is crazy, bro. Yeah, there's a lot of anxiety with like doing this if you're on that like that line like i think oh, we yeah. all kind of ride that line a little bit with especially like the nfl or or oh. whatever just with claims yeah. even just i'm still waiting for the nfl to drop the nail and just like take me down because i mean fair use is a little weird because like i mean it is a defense but like how much of a defense is it yeah I wonder, what do you think they think of our content? Like, do you think they view it as like, hey, they're getting views to help us? Or do you think they're saying these guys are a problem and they want to take us out? Like, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, I feel like the NFL doesn't really need people like us. I mean, if you look at like, you know, the NBA, MLB, a little bit recently, NHL, like, I feel like they are interested in it because like it promotes like a sort of like interest in fan relations. It allows them to get exposure. The NFL doesn't need that. The NFL's king. I mean, if you look at, like, how they dominated game six of the NBA Finals, a nondescript Sunday night football game, puts up double the numbers of one of the biggest games in the NBA season. So, I mean, the NFL, it's not doing a good job, but it doesn't need to because the NFL is like a religion. It's... Like, I don't know, like, how they're going to react or change, but, like... The money they make off of our content is a mere drop in the bucket yeah. compared to TV revenues, you know, ticket revenues when that's available, uh, um, you know, valuations of franchises of hundreds of millions of dollars. Like a couple thousand dollars is nothing. Yeah. Do you think they don't even view us? Like they don't even, they probably, someone knows who we are, but they mostly just don't even care. Do you think that's... I, I don't. I disagree I don't with know that because that. if you look at their stuff, they they emulate a lot of things that were introduced by people on YouTube. Like if you look at their channels, like the stuff that they doing now, especially on social media. Like I know for a fact they saw a KTO video and was like, "Yo, we could just, we could do this. We own all the footage." They started tied. Like I really videos, be feeling like, like my that. videos. I saw. Yeah, like you see it, and it's like so they notice it for sure, or whoever's like in charge of doing this content notices it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I've always wondered what if something would happen, whether it be they look to like promote us and like use us as like tools. But like Tree said, we're so small in the grand scheme of how big the NFL is. It's like it doesn't really matter. So then yeah. how long does this last? Like what we're doing? Like how is this years? Is it longer? Like what is this? I honestly don't know. As I said, like, um, I, I, that's why I always take it just one day at a time. Every day I'm above water is a good day. That's at least how. Yeah, I'm. yeah, yeah. Man, that that caused a lot of anxiety for oh, me, yeah. bro. Over because like I think about it so much. I'm like, yo, what if next year 
I'm not here. You know what I'm saying? It make it hard to like to project into the future. Mm-hmm. And like until probably last month, Tree, this probably was the first time where I was like, you know what, man? Whatever. Like I'm, I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna plan as if this thing is not this exactly. ride is not gonna That's stop. That's how you have to do it. You can't treat it as like yeah. a long term project because you don't know where like even YouTube's gonna be in a couple of years. Yeah. Like you we could know. be on totally different platforms. We could be on like, you know, just an independent contractor, like maybe like, you know, like the next um, bar stool or something like that. Yeah. Or mm. the NFL could crack down and just like, fuck you. End it. Bye. Yeah. It, it, it's either or. So like it, the more you try and think about that, the more anxiety I feel like I get. Yeah, that's sure. that's very – Flemo and I, when we were making this podcast, instead of calling it sports therapy, we were thinking about calling it the Overthinkers podcast because we <laughs> play that game where you sit back and go, well, what – like play all these what-if scenarios that have oh, nothing yeah. to do with what's going on, yeah. and then you just drive yourself and, um, crazy. Mm-hmm. All oh, these yeah. I, I, I'm, I do that all the time, so trust yeah. me. I can completely relate. Well, we all have, there's something that we all have that's very similar. We're all different. We all grew up in different places. We're all yeah. different. But then there's something that we all have that's similar. And that's part of it, you know? This mm-hmm. this desire to create content, this natural, like, it's like, dip, like what it, I don't know. It, it's just cool to think about. It's a melting pot. I mean, with like sports and YouTube in general, you get totally mm. different experiences, totally different viewpoints, totally different ideologies and thoughts you know just perspectives yeah Yeah. and that's what i feel like brings people to youtube like they don't want to see like stuff on espn because it's the same thing nearly every like every hour with youtube yeah i mean you get something different from kto you get something different from flamlo you get something different from me you get something different from everyone else and i think that's what drives people and i feel like that's why it's been a rolling ball that's been increasing in momentum over the past couple years that's so cool to think about like that. And I think the more that I hear other content creators say that, it gives me more, it makes me feel more empowered. Because when I'm thinking like to myself, and I'm by myself, I get, it's like I don't even know if what I'm thinking is, is accurate. But then I hear like, like Flemo and I talk, and then we have so many similarities that it, it gives me peace and comfort. And then mm-hmm. hearing you say things that we both have thought of, it just keeps adding to that. So yeah, like, I'm actually glad you two have the same anxieties that I do because I thought I was like the only one that's thinking, Oh no, what if this like falls apart? I'm glad yeah. I'm not the only one saying that. <laughs> I, but it's like, if you're not thinking that, like, I, I mean, I don't know how you can do what we do specifically on YouTube and not at least, of have course, thought. you know what it, you're saying? It's very fragile. I feel like, I mean, there could be one little stiff wind and it's gone. As much as people who watch us think that we've got it going well, it's like I check my email every morning, like with that little thing in the back of my mind that says, I could see an email there right now that says it's like over. Like it's the NFL, they're cracking down there. It's a lawsuit, all this stuff, like anything, mm-hmm. which is, it's not the right way to think, but that's the way that it, it almost comes around. Cause yeah. it's like, they have the ultimate power in yeah. this scenario. At least maybe that's not even true. Cause YouTube has like their, Copyright policies and stuff and the fair use. I mean, with if YouTube ever gets a deal with the NFL, then I'll be concerned because that's when I think they might start cracking down. Yeah. 
Cause that's when we that's when we're gonna get like them crazy little knickknack percentages. Yeah. All right, so we need this percentage of this video, and every time you do this, you gotta pay us this, and they'll present it as like a good thing. But when we look at the bottom line, it'll be a big step yeah, back. There was a, <laughs> you know um, a thing with that. I think with the NBA, like um, and their like uh, creators program, I think there was a huge issue with that. Like they like had to take like a huge cut of revenues. Like they couldn't allow them to talk about certain issues. Like, yeah, like they, they took some channels down, bro. It was some channels that disappeared after that. Yeah. Like, because I watched a lot of them NBA channels because I'm an NBA fan too. And it was channels that just went away after that whole situation, bro. I remember that. I feel like we all got like, you know what I'm saying? We got like more of a hustler spirit to where I honestly believe like if you two went down within a few months, we'll figure it out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really, I really believe that. We'll, we'll figure it out. You know There's what I'm saying? There's demand for, like, all three of our products, I feel like. For sure. For sure. We'll definitely figure it out, man. So we'll still be around in some capacity, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I think is interesting is you say football is king, but then you look at, like, views, and it feels like, like basketball dominates YouTube. Basketball, I feel like, is more of a younger audience, I feel like. Exactly. I know, like, um, yep. like NFL, I feel like – is more college age in terms of its average viewership. Yeah, that's what's that your skews, demographic? I would say like it's majority like college age. Like, um, I haven't checked the analytics as of late, but I feel yeah. like it's equal between like fifteen and thirty four. So it's about like roughly the same amount of that. Oh, but like, I don't need to double check it again. I haven't really checked the um, viewership that much. I do have a question. Yeah, because basketball, NBA videos definitely, they get more spin. I was going to say that earlier. Like, I feel like it's who's watching because yeah. we know the NFL is bigger, but on YouTube, the NBA is yeah. bigger. Because the NBA, you know like, they market their personalities really well and they know the social media game. Like, they are experts at that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, what, what is your, like, sports, like, if you, if you like, uh, rank them, oh. favorite to least favorite as far as what you talk about? Personally, I love talking hockey. That's my favorite sport to talk about. I could, like, wax poetic about hockey all day long. <laughs> um, but, I mean, football would probably be number two in between baseball. Basketball is probably my least. It's just, like, the NBA just doesn't really excite me, unfortunately. Like, I love the shit show franchises, but that's really about it. So, what's your favorite league? The NHL. I said, I just... Like, if you watch, like, a hockey game, like, just the grace, the fluidity, the skill. I know we talked about, uh, last time we were in person, we talked about, maybe not in person, maybe it was on uh, the dumpster fire, but we talked about, like, going to a, like, a hockey game, like a playoff hockey oh, yeah. game, mm-hmm. and oh, how, how great a, it is. Oh, that is a fantastic experience, if you ever get the chance. Why, why so? What's up? What's it's up the intensity of the crowd, the spirit. Um, just the uh, level of play on the field, or sorry, the the rank, just becomes more intense. Mm-hmm. It's like something you have to literally be there to experience. Yeah. You can get a little of it on TV, but being in the crowd of that situation, it's like being in a playoff football game, like yeah. you know, like a conference championship game. Like you have to be there to really understand and appreciate the sort of intensity and emotion that comes in. Man, it's funny. I don't think I've ever had a better experience at a game than I've had watching a game on TV. I can't remember a single game I was at where I was like, yo, this is the best way to watch the game. Like, I think, ever. well, so, Formula, I think you're, uh, the way you view it is like you like to see the X's and O's almost play out. So, like, mm-hmm. 
like watching on TV gives you that best perspective. But oh, yeah. at the game, it's it's much harder, especially at a football game. It's much harder to to tell what's going on because if yeah. you're you're it's so far away, drunk motherfuckers who but don't that's, know what that's the almost hell the point of going to the game. It's like screaming, you can feed Zeke. <laughs> I'm like it's third and twenty. Yeah. <laughs> feed Zeke. Yeah, that's <laughs> fandom though. <dude. laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, I, I'm gonna go home, bro. But watch this shit on mute yeah. in my crib. It's bro. a different feel true. for even where you're sitting in the crowd. Like when you sit lower, mm. you get more of the speed. You get more of like the in-person interaction. When you sit above, you get to view it more tactically. You get to see like different mm. formations, different views. Um, like yeah. okay, like say for example, the if you were watching the Raiders Jets game and you see that all-out blitz cover zero, and then you see Henry <laughs> Ruggs come out hail mary on a rookie cornerback, you see that. I'd have been screaming that from the second they they lined up in there. I'm just sitting there in shock. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, the, hell the play is going before should have scored too. The play before he they overthrew Aguilar, yeah, which is a bummer. I had him starting on my fantasy team. That's it's tough. so crazy. Greg Williams is such a <laughs> yeah. Because even when he was not on the get Browns, another NFL job again. get him I out mean, of here. Don't bro. get me wrong. I get mean, you probably have here, a positive bro. opinion on him, Flem, because you know he had I that don't. decent stretch with the Browns. But oh, you mean me? Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean KT? I'm oh, sorry, sorry. I don't. Sorry, I, I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, you're I don't. I don't mess with him at all. Yeah, I remember him from Bonnie Gate. I remember him from everything I remember him from is like negative. But Tree, I wanted to ask you. Okay, I want you to tell me where your your favorite seat is for a hockey game, and then favorite seat for a football game, and why. Ooh, favorite seat for a hockey game. Damn. Um, I always liked the bleacher seats, like especially like there was um when it was called Mellon Arena, they had these really cheap seats that were called the F row, I think it was, and it was like this big like bleacher. They were cheap, but you're allowed to see the game tactically. When you're closer to the rink, you get more of the speed, I feel like. Mm. But you don't really see much of the game. Yeah. They're both yeah. good experiences, but I like to watch games maybe tactically, see it unfold from that perspective. Mm. Uh, football? It's a little different. I mean, you can get a different view from each perspective. I like sitting up higher up as well, because once again, you get to view it tactically. You get to see stuff that like you can't really see like from below. Yeah. Even though you get more yeah. like, like of an in-person experience, I feel like from lower. So it depends on a preference. I feel like. I yeah. I always my my thing with so just looking at football, I always thought college football is better in person because mm-hmm. you can't see yes. the issues as much as on TV, and then NFL it's better on TV because I, I feel like you can really feel the passion at a college football game. You get oh. the band, the college kids, like the the rowdies. Yeah. And then the Even NFL, like, yeah. Yeah, college football, you have like 100,000-plus screaming fans in a place like Happy Valley, yeah. Michigan, Notre Dame, Tennessee, Alabama. You don't get that at the NFL level. No, it's different. Yeah. What is your the best football stadium you've ever been to? <sighs> I'd probably say Jerry World. I mean, that was a cathedral. It's incredible. Yeah. That oh, yeah. place. Yeah, it was dope. Just the the sweet experience, um, and you have your own private bathroom that you it's like two yeah. steps away. Just the food and drinks. It's like that doesn't compare to no matter where you're sitting. Not even the sweet experience. Just looking around the stadium itself. It's like cavernous in terms of how huge it is. Yeah. Like even Heinz Field doesn't even hold a candle to that. I'm sitting there like, whoa. Heinz Field is what like almost twenty years old. 
Yeah. I mean, it's okay. Like, it's not a bad stadium, but it doesn't yeah. really, like, set itself separate by any real part of the imagination. Have you been to a lot of, like, games in person? Uh, Heinz Field, a little bit. Uh, not too many, per se, but, like, the only other real stadiums I've been to were, um, you know, Jerry World and um, the Superdome for the Steelers game in 18, I think. Are you, are you like a diehard Steelers fan? Like you watch every play of every game kind of thing? Uh, not really. Not as much anymore. I used to be a big fan like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But since I've started YouTube, I feel like I follow football more in a macro perspective. Yeah. Like I, I follow the, the game itself. I be, like, especially since I've been older. I feel like I've become more a fan of the game itself yeah. than a specific team. I, I do have a question about... Like when, when you're now, you're just so consumed in making, I'm just going to say specifically football content where you're talking about it weekly. You have to constantly be editing and looking at stuff. Has it ruined the football experience at all for you? Not really. I mean, you kind of get into that routine after a while. I mean, most of the time you're like, like I'll have like red zone revving on my TV back here. So like... That's how I feel like I got my football fix nowadays. Nice. Does it does it bother you, though? Like, you ever watching a game and you think about work? A little bit. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, most of the stuff I'm just, like, randomly posting stuff on Twitter just for, like, shits and giggles. Yeah. That's all I really do on Sundays. <laughs> yeah. And it's the only thing that Twitter's good for, I feel like. But, I mean, it, it creates a different feel, I feel like. Like, once in a while, like, as of late, I've usually gone to, like, a family's house to watch a Steeler game. Like, my brother's a big Steelers fan, so, like, I'll watch it with him. Um, With the Twitter thing, do you think – so, you would you prefer to, like, be watching games and talking on Twitter because of, like, the connection and, like, just talking about it with people? Is that – A little bit of a connection, it? I feel like. Most of the time, I just do it for, like, you know – that's because I, I, part of me enjoys doing it. Yeah. But also it gets that live reaction, I feel like. Yeah, that's true. Like it, it creates a different element and wrinkle. Like you see like maybe like um, Adam Schefter, Dove Kleeman, uh, Ian Rappaport, uh, Warren Sharp. You know, guys like that, like going out throughout the game. It creates like a different sort of feel to a Sunday. Yeah, you really seem to embrace like the whole picture of like – you look at an NFL Sunday and you, it's just like the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Every it's a game, grand scale. I mean, every it's, it, person that talks about it. Oh yeah. It's a festivity. Like, as I said, like since I've started, like, you know, you kind of follow it in the macro perspective, which I mean, in terms of like, you follow team by team, you get more finer points, yeah. which I'm afraid I kind of miss sometimes. You, but you, you say that and like, I'll hear you talk about it. And you seem like you know a lot about what's going on about every team. Like you'll know like details about the owners of every team. Mm -hmm. You'll be saying things about like the inner workings of the front offices. And I'm just like, this dude knows everything. Like, do you do a ton of research? A or little bit. I also talk with like fans of like certain teams, like they'll DM me, like we'll talk back and forth as well. So I've got a feel for them as well from that. Do you think your your knowledge of the game since because you now have to focus on it so much has just like gone up since you started YouTube? I feel like it's helped a, uh, helped a good bit. I mean, it's helped me with team histories at least. Yeah. So I get that understanding of like, okay, why do the Los Angeles Chargers have this huge issue with special teams? Or say, why do the Atlanta Falcons 
have this like propensity to agonizingly blow leads or for example um why is the cleveland browns having a winning record for the first time in 2007 this great moment for them like you have to get that sort of perspective i feel like i feel that's what i hopefully will kind of get into yeah yeah it's 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 interesting because my, my perspective of like making videos so often about football is it kind of numbs the whole game for me mm-hmm. in a way that like I I don't get the same joy out of it unless I'm yeah. watching specifically the Browns. So oh, I, yeah. I can get very much into the Browns games, but any other game I can put on and I can watch and it's cool, but I don't like I'm not like on the edge of my seat as much as I used to be. And A little I, bit. I mean, I feel like a lot of that, too, is that the NFL, like, it, it has so many close finishes nowadays that it's kind of like, okay, who has the ball last? So that that could be a little bit of it, too. Yeah. But I feel like with the Steelers, too, like, it kind of gets, like, a little, like, eh. Like, okay. If they do well, great. If not, oh, well. Yeah. Or if So if the Steelers make a run and they're, like, in the Super Bowl, are you – are you full like onboard Steelers fan kind of still? Or are you just kind of watching to see the show? I have no idea. Like I don't know how I feel about that. Cause like I, I was skeptical of them from the beginning of the year. Like I'm still surprised they're 11 and 0. To be honest with you, <laughs> if they finish undefeated, or is it going to be a big deal for Pittsburgh? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. This whole city will just be on a Super Bowl train, and <laughs> I, 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 they'll they'll be obnoxious again. And I'll be like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so you you've never really been a fan where you're part of like the hoopla you're just kind of like i was a, a little bit like when i was in high school college yeah. i was a bit of that so how old are you now um 32 32 plumber how old are you same age 32. 32 and then what how old is five points he's like 43 is it really yeah. that, that's insane yeah we got to get him on soon because oh, it's yeah. so interesting I mean, to be fair, like the stuff we do, we can't ride it when you're 20. So you need that experience to really like. It's like fine wine. Get the feel for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's where I feel different than you guys because I'm. I started this channel. When I was like 21, so I started as yeah. like just like a passionate fan of the game, and it's sort of evolved, but it's still like I'm still in that. Like I'm still young. So yeah. I'm younger, like I'm seven years younger than you guys. So I don't know how much seven years changes, but there's definitely like a maturity aspect that I can, that I know that maybe I'll get, but it's like different. I'm just younger. Yeah, you should. I was a completely different human seven years ago. I mean, you see like a lot of like YouTubers when they're like 20, 21, like they'll get like, they'll be distraught over like low views or like people disagreeing with them. And it's like, they don't have life experience yet. And that's why yeah, they're feeling yeah. like that. It's like YouTube's not the world. And once you get that like life experience, I feel like YouTube's just like, okay, if it works out great. If not, they'll just do something else. I think your experience in like in the food industry that, that go a long oh, way, yeah. man. Like working that type of job before YouTube, you know, dealing with pissed off customers mm-hmm. and. You know, you don't have a set pay. You got to make tips. Oh, and you, yeah. You're basically working on commission. You got to bill your check every week. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that stuff just carry over. Uh, so I feel like that's a big oh, advantage. Yeah. To be completely honest, 
I mean, I feel like I learned more about myself, life, the world, and people around me than I did in four years of college. Just because you were able to get that life experience. Yeah, for sure. You were a waiter? Yeah, I waited tables. What kind of restaurant was it? It was a combination of different restaurants. Like, I worked at, oh. like, uh, like, Fast Casual. I worked at, like, a sports bar. Uh, last time, it was a place called City Works in uh, Pittsburgh. Like, I mean, it cranked. Like, come, like, football Sunday, mm. college Saturday, packed to it the pops. Do you yeah. like the revenue? I was just asking, do you like that, like, uh, high-intensity environment to work in, or does that stress you it out? It varies. Like, you get an adrenaline rush from it. Like, I don't know if I could do it now because I've been out of the game for so long. And plus, like, with, like, downtown Pittsburgh, I mean, most people are still working from home. And it's just, like, you can't really have that same feel of, like, a totally crowded bar. I mean, it's stressful, but at the same time, it's, like, it's not for everyone, though. Like, there are a lot of people that'll burn out really quickly. And that's understandable. Like, yeah. I burned out a couple times as well. Well, I, so I was a, on a cook line at my dad's restaurant. And it would get really busy, especially Friday night, Saturday night. Oh, yeah. And it's weird because, you know, sometimes it's really overwhelming. But other times you get into like a flow and it's just like almost enjoyable. Like six hours goes by or something and you're just locked in doing your job. And there was something about that that's like to be desired. Like I like that. But then at the end of it, it's like I'm glad I'm not in that and the thing with like, you know, back of house, front of house, like you can get a lot of issues there. Drugs, yeah. alcohol, um, <laughs> different type of mental health issues. So, I mean, it is a very strenuous job and you got to be careful about it. Have you ever, like, do you have any interest in like the, like old stuff, like historical stuff? Or are you more of just like current stuff? I've done historical stuff. Yeah. Like I, I loved history, like in high school. So like I've um, done a decent bit, like most of the stuff I did during the lockdowns. Like or like, you know, when sports was paused, was mostly historical. Yeah, Marty Schottenheimer, Mike Keenan, um, John Vandeveld. Um, one of the ones I want to do is a, a retrospective of the 1993 Houston Oilers, the greatest football soap opera of all time. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you actually look so up that like, year, I it's know insane. About it. 93 yeah. Oilers. Huh. Oh yeah, dude. Oilers. Seriously, look it up. it's just like mind-boggling like it makes days of our Steelers look like a minor comeuppance days of our Steelers oh yeah like I mean like the owner literally told them the year before like hey if you don't make the Super Bowl I'm blowing it up it's a salary cap year there was like fighting on the sidelines there was quarterback controversy uh there's tragedy throughout the year and then they lose to the Chiefs and then Bud Adams literally blows it up he trades Warren Moon to the the Vikings. Buddy Ryan, the defensive coordinator, goes to the Cardinals. A bunch of players leave. They completely implode the next year and go two and fourteen. Damn. Dead serious. <laughs> exactly. It's insane. Well, I do want to hear your thoughts on more of like the season stuff. So I do want to start or like transition into that. What are your thoughts on the Browns so far? I had them going to the playoffs this year because I felt like they don't have pressure. They still have the talent, and I feel like they have better coaching this year. And I know a lot of people were skeptical about it. I kind of was too, but at the same time, they are really meshing together as a cohesive unit. They have a really strong offensive line that they didn't have last year. They have, you know, like more depth throughout the positions. They haven't really had many distractions. I mean, the only real bad thing that's happened was, you know, the Chubb injury and OBJ. But Mayfield is like, it's very hit or miss. 
when he hits, he hits, but like when he misses, it's like mm, it's kind of there. I mean, I'm really happy for you guys. As I said, like I mean, you needed this. Yeah, I've been waiting. It's oh, been yeah. it's been weird. It's such it's been such a uh, it, weird few years. Yeah, when cause... you go with oh yeah, when like um everyone thinks 2019 is going to be the year they become the Browns, and then 2020 they expect nothing, and hey look, they're really good. What do you think is the long-term, like, Mayfield? If you had to make a prediction on his career going forward. This is a great question. That is a good question. Um, I feel like he might go to a different team after a couple years. I feel like if he's going to go anywhere, I could see him going to the Dallas Cowboys. You know, got that connection with Jerry Jones in Oklahoma. I feel like he's the kind of star that would really thrive in a, like a big media market because of the personality that he has. But like um, I said, I don't know if his long-term future really is in Cleveland. But that's not because of Baker. I feel like that's more because of you know his just his personality and like how he wants to be the best. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I, it's really hard for me to give up my fandom. So especially when I see like a game like yesterday, where mm-hmm. he throws four touchdowns in the first half and he's just every pass is just perfect. Oh yeah, he he was balling. So when you see that. And like, I'm not us Browns fans aren't used to seeing that kind of football. It's like, would this organization really give up on that? I don't know. I could see them just throwing a crazy contract at them and maybe overpaying. But at this point, is it really worth going back and finding another guy or just unless you like get like a certified guy, like say maybe they go after Dak Prescott in the off season or like maybe they find or they stumble into another great quarterback talent in the draft. Who would you rather have Dak or Baker? I'd take Dak. I'm going to take Dak. That's easy for me. Oh, I don't even want to know. I'm taking Dak. <laughs> Dak's a better leader, bro. Yeah. Yeah. He's stable. Like, you know what I mean? Whereas Baker is a little more. Yeah, he's more up and down, more and roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's the reason. I also think, I, I think Dak's ceiling is lower than Baker's, but I think his consistency is better than Baker's. So mm-hmm. I he has a higher floor. I agree with that. I agree with that. If you put Dak in this offense right now, I think the Browns probably have a, around the same record, just because I think the games, I think their team is still trying to figure out how to win. And so it hasn't been Baker hasn't been really the reason why they've won or lost. It's more of been like their team just like the, their three losses were weird. Yeah. Like they got crushed by the Steelers and, and the I expected that to be really close. Yeah. That's going to be really interesting. I, I really hope the Steelers are 15 and 0 going into week 17 and the Browns going to play them. Cause it's like, what happens then? Do they go for the yeah. 16 and 0 or do they, did they take that loss because they got the one seed? I feel seed? like they'll probably, if they have the number one seed locked up, they'll probably rest their starters. And if that's the Ben's case, been kind of hobbled for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be yeah. so interesting. What are your thoughts on the Steelers? <sighs> um, they're doing a lot better than I expect them to be. I expect them to go, you know, eight and eight, nine and seven, because I didn't expect Ben to return to, you know, what he was. Yeah. I figured the elbow right. surgery would have taken him a good chunk out of him, but it, really hasn't he still has issues with the deep ball he throws it into like a lot of bad coverages just trying to play like hero ball yeah but he really does good with the short range game and the mid-range game and his wide receivers are really solid like juju smith schuster is like our fourth string wide out right now it's wild 
I know. Like, he's gone at the end of the year. Not because of anything Juju's doing. It's just excess goods. Yeah. Ben's command, bro. Ben's command of of y'all's offense is amazing to me. Like, when I watch, I always feel like, even when he plays, like, bad and takes, like, ridiculous risks, I just always feel like he in control of what's happening out there. You know what I'm saying? And I don't get that feel with a lot of QBs. What do you think of the Bengals? Joe Burrow is a talent. And, I mean, you've got a really nice quarterback there, man. I mean, the way you're seeing him, like, go, like – I mean, I'm just worried about that injury. It's like literally the same injury that Carson Palmer had. Mm. I mean, well, Carson Palmer looked better when he eventually got back, though. He looked better to me with the Cardinals than he ever looked with the big. Like his oh, footwork yeah. was like it took him a couple teams too. Like that's know. that's true. Though. We went to the Raiders. Yeah. Does that count? Raiders were still like a mess under Al Davis back then too. Randy Moss struggled with the Raiders. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What uh, what do you think of uh, this? Is kind of a random switch, but I want to think go back to college football. What do you think of like the the system in place, the playoff? Like, what is your thoughts on that? They need to expand it. I feel like they'd be better off doing it to eight teams, but I don't know how they do it with um, especially with like doing it week by week and the ability to protect the players. Yeah, because I feel like four teams might be a little too small right now. Yeah, I can see them maybe expanding the six and giving the top two teams a bye week. Give them a sort of advantage. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it's always the same teams. Mm-hmm. Usually Alabama, Clemson, uh, Georgia. Yeah, Ohio Notre State. Dame, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Yep, it's tough. Yep, I just it's I come from like I was a bigger college football fan than NFL fan, but the playoff it kind of has taken my interest in the game like it's lower like i don't watch college football as much anymore yeah. and college football has just been a mess this year in terms That's of you true. know cancellation suspensions all the delays uh, the opt-outs it's just it's not the same game no this year. it's it's bad nowhere near it damn i haven't watched a single college football game this year me neither yeah i watched one half of an alabama game and then i, I that's it like, I mean, you have some good stories out of there, too. Like, you know, Kyle Trask in Florida, Mac Jones in Alabama, uh, mm-hmm. Coastal Carolina, BYU. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, like, even then, like, I mean, I feel like more people are focusing on, you know, the down themes like Penn State, LSU, Michigan. Um, there are a couple other, like, really struggling teams. I think Wisconsin's not doing too well. Going back to the NFL, what is your overall, like, predictions of, like, Super Bowl and, like, Who's going to be in it? I know beginning of the year, I was going to say the State Farm Bowl, Chiefs versus Packers. Uh, NFC is really tough to predict because a lot of them have issues that I don't know if they really take it to the next level. Like the Saints have had some really, really ugly wins. And I don't know how Breeze is, a healthy Breeze is going to be and how effective he's going to be. The Packers, like they've been blown out by some random teams. It depends how Aaron Rodgers plays. Um, like the NFC West, like Seattle got exposed by the Giants. Like I thought they would do well, but I mean they're having issues. Uh, AFC, I think it goes Chiefs, just because they just look complete right now, and they can adapt their play styles to what it is. I mean, like even against Denver, Chiefs not running at a full offensive scheme. They can clamp down and play conservative, hold on to the ball if they need to because they're just built like in such a versatile way that they can adjust. Um, 
and I'm not saying that against the Steelers, but like the Steelers have looked pretty ugly the last couple of weeks. An ugly 11 and 0. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I know, right? It's crazy. Uh, but like that Baltimore game, it was just like I didn't, I didn't feel like they even really cared to be there. I feel like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I I gotta agree. I think the Chiefs are about the only team I feel confident in like, running the tables. Whereas the NFC yeah. is just kind of it could be anyone. Oh yeah, it's a coin flip. Like you could literally have even the New York Giants just come out of nowhere again and make the Super Bowl. It's just that unpredictable right now. I, I'm almost hoping that they finish like six and ten or five and eleven and make it and, and win a couple of games in the playoffs. That's that would be perfect. Yeah. Honestly, I want the Washington football team to win the division just for just the memes yeah. that will come out of it. That's true. That'd be that's that is the ultimate gold mine. The football team goes that's six hilarious. and ten and wins their division. Wins their runs division. the tables. Boom. Yes, that would be. That's the most twenty twenty. Dan Snyder just alone on a pedestal holding Lombardi. Oh it's like really this happened. That that's the only way the twenty twenty oh, season ends. Is that? Yeah, that, that's pure twenty twenty. That would be so perfect. All right, fellas, man, appreciate y'all for tuning in. I have no idea what episode number this is, but <laughs> we'll address all of that at some other point, man. Thank y'all for coming through. We'll holler at you next time. Peace. Peace out.